You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Amen, amen. Y'all give Sarah a hand clap for... Ooh, you got some fans in the house, I see. We're going to have a good time. Sarah, thank you for, for agreeing to do this and um, kind of share big part of your story. Y'all give it up for Jesus as he slips off the, (laughs) for sharing a a part of your story that, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but we're going to dive into it. But, you know, some people, one thing I know about a story, some people uh, can be ashamed of their story. They're embarrassed. They try to hide their story, but some people tell it and it, it changes the lives of others. And, and if it's, you know, when you see Sarah, uh, a little bit of background about her. She's a uh, she's part of our uh, overseer for our hospitality team here, and I mean, no, she's just got a smile that lights up the room. When you when you see her smile, she just smiles all the time, and you would think, you know, that that's always been a part of her life. But but there's gonna be some times where you hit some moments as we talk about this where you weren't smiling, Sarah. Yeah. And uh, but let's let's dive into this and. And uh, God's going to lead us. But, but tell us a little bit about it, Sarah. I think it began with a move. Uh, you moved from Texas, which was, we got some Texas people in the house. Anybody from Texas? Raise your hand if you're from Texas. Yeah, we got some Texas Woo! folk yeah! in the house. <laughs> yes. So you moved from Texas to D.C., so that's where it began. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, and um, took a job in D.C. Gosh, it was almost a decade ago now. It was like nine years ago. So I moved to D.C., took the job, and pretty much almost immediately got connected with National Community Church, or NCC. We got some um, fellow NCCers in the house. I know, right over there. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And, uh, and got on the worship team and just was loving it and just loving life there. I knew God had brought me there for a reason. And um, not like, I guess a couple of years into that, um, I saw an advertisement uh, for this thing called Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step Christ-centered recovery program. And they kept advertising it like, you know, it's the beginning of the semester. And, you know, if you feel like you have hurts and hangups, come come see us. And I was like, okay, cool. And they kept advertising it. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, like tugging on my heart, like you're supposed to go to that. And I was like, kind of, you ever have that like feeling? And then you just kind of like ignore it because you're like, no, 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 that's not, that's not, not for, for me. That's, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, that's not for me. I don't have any like hangups or like I'm not addicted to anything or whatever. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't need that. And I feel like yeah, I hear some I'm laughing good. over she's there like, because she's like, I'm good. anybody who's like that. gone through, like knows, knows about these programs, like everybody says that. <laughs> Every single person says that. That's not me. Um, but yeah, I did that. I, I said that, but I just still felt this like feeling like you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. So I was like, okay, God, fine. I'll go. And I, um, and I went and immediately I was just drawn and I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. Just hearing people share their stories, like kind of like what we're doing now, but people are just so vulnerable about what's going on in their lives. They're like, tell the, the real deal. And, uh, and they needed someone to help with worship. So I was like, okay, I'll help with that. And before I knew it, I was like, I was in. And I found out going through that process that I actually really did have some hangups and some, some issues. Some I needed issues, to, uh-oh. 
Yeah, like stuff that was buried down deep that I didn't even know, like trauma from my past, abuse from my childhood, stuff I had never dealt with. And um, it was just like laying there dormant. And it was affecting my life in ways I didn't realize. And, and how was that as, as God, because I'm assuming God revealed that to you. Like you're in the program. First you was like, no, this is not for me. The deeper you get into their issues are revealed. And when things started coming up, how did you respond to that? So like things where there's trauma, things in the past, what, what, did you hit a breakdown moment or what kind of happened as God was revealing to you, you know, Sarah, no, this is a place for you and you've got some stuff I got to fix. Yeah, it was a process, first of all. It didn't happen overnight. Like, it was kind of like I would hear someone talk about some abuse that they endured and it would be like this little thing would kind of rise up in me and go, that's for you. And I knew it was like the Holy Spirit would tell me. Um, like that's for you, pay attention. Or like somebody would talk about their codependency and something they did, and I and the Holy Spirit would be like, "You remember you just did that the other day?" Or like, or like I would see a pattern in my own behavior that matched something somebody else was saying they were asking God to help them with, and I was like starting to realize like, "Oh, you don't have it as together as maybe you thought you did." And there are some places that need some work, and so it was slow, but it like took time. It wasn't like. I realized right away, so I had to just show up. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest thing is just showing up and being consistent, and I don't think I would have ever figured any of that out if I hadn't, like, kind of, I guess it was humbling because, like, when you show up in a group like that, it's kind of embarrassing at first because you're, like, kind of almost admitting you have a problem, but I think that that's okay because we all have problems and every single other person's going through something. So, um, yeah, it was just, it took some time, but God slowly started working in me and healing those places, those hurts. And, um, yeah, so it was a couple of years process, but I eventually just, I eventually got through, went through the whole program. I did like the 12 steps and everything. I got a mentor, a sponsor who has been a mentor to me and is just a wonderful, wonderful friend. And we're still friends now. And she has just been like a spiritual, like, guide in a lot of ways in my life. She's just really inspired me. Um, so I know I would have never met her if it hadn't been for that too. So in that program, got a sponsor, you got somebody who's kind of got your back, helping you walk through that. And God started revealing to you some things that were going on and kind of took you through that healing journey. But, but then something happened, okay, <laughs> to you, uh, started with like a physical injury yeah. that kind of triggered the, or started the domino effect of you ending up in a dark place. And so multiple things begin to happen to Sarah here. So we'll, we'll, I'm going to let you dive into that. What happened that kind of started this domino effect? Yeah, well, um, I, I tripped and fell and broke my ankle. Well, actually, it turns out my ankle had already been broken. I just didn't know it. And apparently it had been broken a long time. And so I went and I had surgery for my ankle. And then a month after into the recovery from that, I fell down the stairs and shattered my other foot. So I basically had like two broken feet. I was like, you know, bed bound. I couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. And then while I was in the middle of all of that, Wait I- Wait a minute, yeah, two broken feet. So, so it's kind of like God's saying, hey, be still. No. <laughs> and know that I'm the Lord. I mean, if you can't go nowhere, two broken feet. Laid up in bed. God's got your attention. Sarah, be still. 
and know that I am the Lord. No, that's like a force. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny because you say that because I had I struggled with it for a while because I was like, why did God let this happen? I felt like so just upset that I had two broken feet. I had all these plans and things I wanted to do. I had to cancel like a trip and just all these things. And um, my my um, mentor, like my sponsor was like, look, the Holy Spirit did not push you down the stairs. Exactly. That, Say like, that again. Somebody needs to hear that. Uh, the Holy so many times something happens to us and we think, God, why did you let this happen? Yeah. She just told me it took it. She had to keep saying it, too, because it took a while to get it in my head. Um, the Holy Spirit did not push you down the stairs. <laughs> That's right. He didn't make that happen. But he's using this as an opportunity to speak to you. Like he is using this moment to work some things in your life. Like obviously I was stressed at work. I was running around like crazy. I was, uh, I had on too many, I was taking on too many projects at work. And uh, she was like, maybe this is an opportunity for you to slow down a little bit. Wow. Wow. So there you are on your back, literally, mm -hmm. and two broken feet, ankles, everything. I uh, wouldn't even, couldn't even imagine that. But then, have you ever been in a moment where things went from bad to worse? So, Sarah, tell us about that, because it took another turn while you're going through all this, that this is where we're really going to get into the, the dark part of your testimony. And, and you know, and, and here's the, the thing about this. Let me set the stage. You know, it, it, things happen to people, different people, and it doesn't matter if it's a big thing or a small thing, but it, if it has that ability to to break you th this is where it's almost like patrick was singing it earlier what what the what the enemy meant for evil god turned it into good and sometimes it's those little things everybody say the little things, the little things. sometimes it's the little things that can come in and bring so much disruption uh, Jesus said it's, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So it doesn't have to be this big catastrophe, but it could be something small that comes in. And so I'm just kind of setting the scene because you're there on your back and going through a tough time. But then it's like, okay, the Holy Spirit didn't push me down the stairs. You got that one. And then tell us about the next thing that happened that really kind of you went through some stuff with. Yeah. So, okay. So picture this. I'm, I'm like basically like paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed, but you know, like I'm, I'm in my bed. I can't move. And I discover I'm in bed all day because that's really all I can do. I discover that, um, I have a bed bug infestation in my apartment. So yeah, I hear some groans. If anybody knows what it's like to have bed bugs, it is the most awful thing. They are the most impossible thing to get rid of. So if you know anything, you're supposed to do all these different things like to treat it and you have to like strip the bed and treat it and flip the mattress over and do this, whatever, right? And I couldn't do any of that. I was like bed bound. I couldn't even like stand on two feet, much less do all these things. So I was like, that was when I was in my lowest spot. I was like, why God did you let this happen to me? Why now when I, I'm in no, no position to do anything about it? And I had to spend a ton of money. Wow. I like had all these professionals come in and they would treat it and take care of it for me. But then and I would be like, okay, maybe it's over. Maybe it's good. Maybe we're so I kind of start to get my hopes up, like maybe this is over. But then like a couple months later, they'd be back again and I'd be like calling the people out again to come treat again. And this went on and on and on. And I dealt with this for two and a half years. Even long Ooh, after how long? two and a half years. I mean, no, that's a long time. That's a long time to deal with something like infestation of bed, bed bugs. Long time. You spent a lot of money. Oh, I spent tons of money, thousands. Wow. Wow. You know, it kind of reminds me of the story about the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says, you know, she spent all of her money with all these doctors and still didn't get any better. 
And, you know, in this moment, Sarah, it's like, what's going on in your mind? It's like you, you're, you're going broke trying to get rid of the bed bugs, you're broken ankles and feet. So what's, what's happening to Sarah right now mentally? What's going on with you? Yeah. Well, the first few months, it was it was pretty dark because I was I was actually angry. I was angry with God. I knew that he didn't like make this happen. But I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, I felt like I had like done a pretty good job, like serving him. Thank and God, I'm in church. I'm on the worship team. What's you got my back? What's up? Right. Yeah, kind of. And I knew it's like that's not how it works. Right. It's not like some kind of merit system or something. But but still, I mean, we're in a broken world. Right. So stuff happens. But I was still like, I don't get it. I don't get it. God, like, why? Why is this happening to me? And I, like in my I felt so helpless. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I felt like dirty, even though if you know anything about bed bugs, it has nothing to do with how clean you are. It's kind of like getting bit by mosquitoes it has nothing to do with how clean you are. They just they're parasites. But it still made me feel dirty because it's got this, like, stigma around it. And I also felt ashamed. Like, I didn't, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it. So I had to, like, keep it a secret and didn't want anyone to know. Uh, my, my feet started to heal, and I eventually started to be able to, like, go and do stuff. But I had to take all these precautions every time I left the house and, like, have clothes in a bag that hadn't been exposed, that had been double-dried and whatever. And I put them on right before I leave and all this kind of stuff, right? And I did that for a long time. And I felt like I couldn't even tell anybody because as soon as you tell somebody you have bed bugs you see them kind of like start to move away and they don't want to be was, near you i was gonna do that but i didn't know what that was <laughs> i didn't know how that would affect the camera i didn't know if that would look like wait a minute so i kind of just let me get out of the frame here joseph no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even the pastor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, like, I felt like I had this, I was walking around with this burden, right, um, on my shoulders. I couldn't tell anyone. I felt dirty. It was like this dark cloud just surrounding me all the time. And I felt so helpless because even once my feet started to heal and I could walk again, I felt helpless that I couldn't fix it. I felt helpless that, like, it wasn't going away. And I just didn't know what to do. So I pretty much hit, like, the bottom where I was like, I just... I just can't do this. And my my sponsor, who was walking with me through this whole journey, she knew it was going on, and she loved me anyway. And there was just, like, a couple of people really close to me that knew it was going on. And she told me one day, she said, I really think that you should consider doing, like, a fast and prayer journey. So I did uh, the 40-day um, fasting and prayer journey um, that goes with Circle Maker and kind of walked through that and just was praying and praying and praying. And kind of at the end of... I don't know if you want me to keep going until this 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 thing happened. Uh, I was getting toward the end of that prayer journey, and I was like, "God's gonna, God's gonna do this. God's gonna do this. I can feel something happening." And I had another friend who knew what was going on in my story, and one day I was getting up and getting ready for work, and I was like. I was so broken. I was so broken. And I was like, God, I just started weeping at the foot of my bed. And I was like, God, I just, I can't do this. Like, I can't go on another day like this with this problem and this secret. And I can't tell anybody about it. And I said, I just want to know, when is it going to be over? When is it going to be done? Like, if I can, you can at least just tell me when. Then at least I can kind of like know that's, that's the end date. And, uh, and I just was just so broken, but I somehow managed to collect myself and get ready for work and go to work. And I was driving to work and I remembered that my friend, one of the only few people that knew about this, um, had left a voicemail for me, um, the night before and I had been on another call, so I didn't hear it. So I went and listened to the voicemail while I was driving to work and 
It was the most incredible thing, y'all. This is somebody who is a dear friend to me, but, like, she never does this kind of stuff. Like, this is so, like, I think it was for her, uh, like, a faith move, like a stretching of her faith. She called me. She said, hey, she left a voicemail. Hey, I I was praying tonight because I've just been trying to be, um, you know, more faithful with that. And I really felt, she's like, don't think I'm crazy or whatever because this is really weird. But I really felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that he wanted me to tell you that it's over it's done. It's finished. And she's like, I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a bit of a thing, but maybe it's something else. I don't know. But that's just what I just, she's like, this is out like for me kind of out there, but I'm just going to tell you that. So I'm driving on my way to work, listening to this voicemail and I literally just lose it. I start bawling. I'm like just going nuts because I'm like, it was like what she said was almost verbatim the prayer I had prayed that morning. And the craziest thing was she had left me that message the night before. So I didn't even, I hadn't even said the prayer yet. I didn't say the prayer till the next morning. And it was like almost verbatim what I said. And so it would just remind me of that scripture that talks about how like he knows what's in our heart. He knows what we need even before we ask. And I was like, I hadn't even asked yet. And he already knew exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And it was like, and I had been doing another round of treatments at that time. And after that, it was like the bed bugs were just gone. I mean, it was, it was like a miracle. I just I had this miracle in my life that I witnessed. And I was just, I mean, I was jumping for joy. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. It was like the, I was a mountaintop moment. I mean, it was the most faith-building experience I've ever had in my life. I went around for the next six months just telling anybody I could get a hold of my story and like what, what miracle God had delivered me through. So I, that was like a mountaintop moment. Yeah. So, I mean, but who all here knows that sometimes you kind of go from the mountain to the valley real quick, like things can change in just an instant. And so about like fast forward about six months later and I'm getting ready to go to a conference and there's a bag of clothes that I was like, because when you have bed bugs, you have to bag things up and treat them. And then you take, once they've been treated, you take them out of the bag. Well, there was a bag that I was like, I think this has been treated. I'm not sure. I think so. And so I prayed over it and whatever. And I wore this suit um, to a conference. And I got back. And within like a couple of days, I started noticing bites again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, sure enough, the bed bugs came back. And I didn't want to believe it at first because I was like, God said it was done. Yeah. He said it was done. And, like, it's too coincidental. Like, it's, it's too much to believe that, like, oh, my friend, you know. And, and she wouldn't say something like that if she didn't really, really believe that's what God had said. So I was like, it can't be, it can't be not true. It's got to be true. So I kind of was in denial for a while. But sure enough, they, they were back. I had the people come out, and they checked, and they were back. And so I went from, like, mountaintop. Praising God for the word, it's over, and then the bottom is pulled out again six yeah. months later. Yeah. And in that now, now this is something, you know, because I think we've all been there. It's like you get a word from God or somebody, spe- anybody ever held on to a word that you felt like God spoke to you? And it's like, it, it, <laughs> a lot of times God will speak something and we picture in our minds how that's going to play out. And when it doesn't play out like we thought, anybody ever get angry at God? Like, God, how dare you? Now, Sarah, there you were telling everybody how good your God was, delivered you from, from healed you from your ankles, delivered you from bed bugs. Now you can be back out in public. Hey, I'm Sarah. I can smile again. And now six months later, it's like you're back in this, this 
probably what most people would do is, but God, you said. So how did you, how did you deal with those moments? And, and how, did that, how did that challenge your faith and your relationship with God? Because you were hanging on to this word that you were 100% sure this had to be God because my friend spoke this word over me and I hadn't even said the prayer yet. So how did you deal with that, Sarah? Because that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow uh, when you're a person of faith and you get a word and it doesn't, it doesn't work out like you thought. So how did you deal with that? Yeah, uh, that was honestly one of the challenging, most challenging things I've ever had to deal with in my life. I think it was the darkest moment of my faith. And it was the only time, like I came to Christ when I was like 12 and is the only time since then where I actually had like a split second where I was like, do I believe? Do I really believe? Like I actually had a moment where I was doubting. I was like, because I it just, I just kept saying to God, this doesn't make sense. You're not a liar, God. So why would you say something that then is not true? Like it just, it doesn't, it wasn't computing. And I think that if I didn't have the foundation of having already believed in him so long and been walking with him for so many years and seen time and time and time again where he had come through and that he was faithful, I would have walked away. Wow. I would have been like, forget this. Yeah. You know, God's not helping me any. So why do I need to believe in him? And I think that it was a matter of the fact that I was, I was stronger in my faith. And I was still plugged into a community. You know, I was, I was still up there, like, leading worship. And I was going to church, you know, on Sundays and in community. And I think it's so important to stay in community because it would have been, if I had been in isolation in terms of, like, my community, I think it would have been so easy for me to just, like, stray off and go do my own thing. But it was still challenging. I had to get in the Word, and I had to just pray. And uh, I'd been talking to one of my pastors, and he said, look, uh, I've been, I've been, thinking about this and I think you really need to just abide you need to learn just how to abide in the Lord and what does that mean that's that does mean getting in the word and praying and it does mean um, like speaking to God but it also means just sitting and giving him your attention because you cannot have a conversation with God if you're all doing all the talking and you're not actually doing any listening that's not that's not talking with God that's just talking to him yeah yeah so that's what I started to do. I started to say, I just, I had to make a decision. I kind of drew the line in the sand, right? I either, I was going to either step over it and believe in God or I was going to not. And I was, it was a, it was a moment, honestly, in a defining moment in my life. So in that abiding time and, you know, could have been sitting still, listening to God and just having to trust as you walk this out. You know, there you are. Now you're getting bit all over again, bed bugs, and here you are with this situation. And, you know, you could be watching today and you think, okay, that's bed bugs, but I go back to that woman with the issue of blood. You know, same type of uh, situation to where this woman didn't want to go out in public because everybody knew the issue of blood that she had going on, and, and she isolated herself, but she reached a moment where the Bible says she thought to herself, if I can just get close to Jesus and touch his, his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be made whole, and, and I love it because when she, when she got to Jesus and touched his garment, you know, it's, he stopped and said, who touched me, and, and it, was, it, it was to that point to where he's, he's calling her out, he, he knows who it is because he's Jesus, but he said, who touched me? And he, he calls this woman out. And I think he's calling her out so that everybody can see, Sarah, who this woman is. 
who had just received this miracle. And the woman that everybody knew she had an issue with blood. Everybody knew she shouldn't have been out in the crowd. But Jesus pointed her out on purpose because I believe he was setting her up for her testimony uh, to go beyond just that miracle moment. And I believe as you were abiding, uh, he's setting you up. And, and this is where we've got to trust that no matter what, if we, if we hold on to God, Everything's going to work out in the end. Now, during that abiding time, you felt some transition going on, and, and we can kind of segue into that, Sarah's kind of uh, transition uh, that, that ultimately led you here uh, to Nashville to be a part of Bridges Church, and, uh, and then we'll go back and how God got rid of those bad bugs. Yeah, yeah so uh, during that time, like I said, I just was having to abide, and this, the scriptures kept coming up in my mind, the ones that are like, you know, trust in, like Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. And I was like, my understanding is not computing with this whole situation. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. don't understand it, Lord. And I, I finally just surrendered. I, in that, in those moments of abiding, I came to like a new level of like brokenness, but like not in a in a way of more like surrender. I think I came to like a new level of surrender with the Lord where I was just like, God, do whatever you want. <laughs> like this life is not my eternity. This life is just a moment and it may really stink right now. I really hate it right now, but this is just a blink. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I want to do whatever it is you were calling me to do. And I had been feeling like you ever know, like, when you're going through this problem, like, you have multiple things going on in your life, right? So there might be, like, one area of your life that's going really crummy and one area of your life that is going really good. And my ministry was going really, really well. And I was getting to, like, this new level with that. And I started just sensing that, that the Holy Spirit was like, something's about to change. Something big is about to happen, like, with regards to your life or your ministry or whatever. And I just, it was like this burning inside me, and I just I couldn't put my finger on it, like, what it, what it was. And... I was just, so I just started praying and like, Lord, just show me what that is. Show me what that is. And um, yeah, I mean, like it ended up basically leading me here because, you know, as you guys know, um, Curtis Parks was, was moving and starting the church here. I knew him from the worship team back at NCC and I had not given it even a thought of coming here to Nashville. I, I had a lot of preconceived notions about what I thought Nashville was like, which turned out to not be true, but uh, <laughs> But I loved D.C., which is where I was at. And I was like, ah, oh, that's not for me. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It sounds familiar. Here you go God. with I'm good again. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But in those moments of abiding, Jesus was showing me that he had something else for me. And then my, my mentor, again, my sponsor, who I never would have met if it hadn't been for me going through that program, she, she got a word from the Lord. And she was like, hey, I've just been, like, praying, and I've been feeling like God's saying Nashville for you. Like, does that mean anything to you? And I was like, no, not really. And then I was like, oh, wait, I know somebody who's starting a church there. And she didn't know him. So she was like, well, why don't you call him? Well, fast forward six months later, I finally call him. And, like, kind of the rest is history because after that, God, God showed me that he really did want me to come here. And before that, I wouldn't have seen it. And if I hadn't have done those like deep abiding moments where I was just in prayer and just like listening and trying to listen to him, I don't think, and just really gotten to that point of surrender, I don't think I would have been willing to just pick up and move. I mean, like when he gave me the message to come here, three weeks later, I moved here. 
I mean, my lease on my apartment was ending, so it kind of like worked out with the timing. But, uh, but you know, it was like, it was crazy. People thought I was nuts. But I was like, you know what? I'm to the point where I'm just like, whatever, God. Like, and I got rid of all my stuff. Um, so that's, that's how I got rid of the bed bugs. I just got rid of everything, which I would not suggest for people. It's not really, it cost me a lot of money to replace everything. But at the end of the day, one of my friends said to me, you know, I don't think, again, just like what the Holy Spirit didn't push you down the stairs, yeah. I don't think that God necessarily wanted you to have the bed bugs and, and, and two and a half years of dealing with it, I was just so weary. I was so weary, you know. It was yeah. a small thing, but just even a small thing for a long period of time will just wear anybody Take a down. toll on you. Yeah. 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 But they said, you know, but maybe he wanted to see within this situation if you were willing to give it up, if you were willing to give up the stuff. Like maybe I'm, she was trying not to like be judgy and I, and I appreciated that, but she was just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that had become like an idol or something, or maybe not, but maybe he just wanted to test you and just test to see if you were willing to give up all your stuff to be able to fully follow him. And I was like, that's a really good perspective. Maybe, maybe so. And so, I mean, now it's like, I don't understand still even now why God did what he did, but I'm just trying to trust in him. And, yeah. you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a life verse for me and a lot of people. Like, we don't know the plans that God has for us, and he's got plans to, to prosper us and not to do us harm. So even if in the moment it may seem really dark, and Pat was singing earlier something about, like, or he was, I think it was, like, a prophetic moment because he was saying something about, like, even when it's dark all around, your light cuts through. And I really felt that in my life. I felt like there was dark all around, but the light cuts through, and I was following that light. And and that's what, that following that led me here. Bed bugs were gone. Met a whole new family of people that are my community now and have an opportunity with a, a new ministry. And not that what was happening in D.C. wasn't amazing yeah. and lovely, but what God has for me now is here. And I know that, that I followed him. And I don't think I would have gotten to the point I am now and yeah. a new level with him if I hadn't gone through all that. Wow, wow, wow. Aren't you glad she found her way to Nashville, Tennessee? Come on, give it up for Sarah. I'm telling you. I touched you. Is that, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, looking back, it's like, you know, you, you did receive that. I want to go back just real quickly and address that word that you received, and, and you held on to it. And sometimes, guys, God will speak a word. to You've got to hold on like a bulldog through thick and thin, through the ups and the downs, because at the end of the day, you know, we were talking about your testimony. You even mentioned it, and you, you said, you know, uh, when we were talking the other day, going over everything, you said, in the end, it still all worked out. And that's the thing about God, guys. In the end, if you stay with him and you endure to the end, it will all work out. Got rid of all your stuff. No more bed bugs. And, and like you say, you know, you look back and, you know, we can hate what we're going through in the moment. But when it's a God story, one day you'll be able to look back and say, okay, if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's the beautiful thing about God. And, and give Sarah one more hand clap for sharing that. I, I almost teared up. You started tearing up. And I'm like, okay, I better look at something else real quick. But, but, you know, in those moments, Sarah, and I know there's people that are here in this room and people that are watching online that, you know, they may not be going through bed bugs, but a situation that they've been dealing with for two and a half years and it's not gotten any better. I, I want you to pray 
uh, a prayer for that person, Sarah. As we close out, and Patrick's going to join us back on stage, but as we close out, I want you to say a prayer for that person, and then Patrick's going to lead us in uh, a little worship, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back and, and, and dismiss. But, uh, because that's a struggle, you know, and it's not a one-time thing because I go through seasons in my life like, God, I know you told me to do this, <clears throat> or I know you told me to do that, but God, how long? When, when are you going to come through? And those are just real-life struggles that people deal with. So, so I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet as she prays over us, and we'll close out in worship. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.